there's no doubt that the Cleveland Browns brought him in with the thought of not just this season, but more importantly, the next several years in having their franchise quarterback. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are, of course, talking about Deshaun Watson, who returns from suspension in Week 13. He can practice this week for the first time. We're going to check in with Kimberly Martin a little bit later on, live from Cleveland, on the situation. The first thing that comes to my mind is I'm just hoping there's no more to come out Uh, Nothing further to come out because it was one of those situations where it came out in drips and drabs and it kept getting added to it. I'm just hoping that this gets put in the rearview mirror. And at this point, the Browns, Watson, his accusers, everybody involved is going to be able to move on here in the coming weeks. Well, yeah, and, and you're anticipating that that will be the case as soon as Deshaun steps on the field. There'll be some early backlash because there are going to be some folks that thought the discipline should have been much stronger than what the NFL doled out. But ultimately, once he's playing games and people are reminded of how good he actually is at football, that'll all go away and people will focus on what his talent means for the future of the Cleveland Browns. For as much as we get on the league for how they handle things, Was this perfect? It was not perfect. But they did go under the whole new system when it comes to punishment, Chris, and extend the punishment properly. A half a season was not enough. And they added to that after the fact, and everybody got on board with it. And listen, I don't think anything, I don't think anybody was going to be completely happy with what happened. But let's at least call it what it is. Three quarters of the season, basically. That almost is what he's going to end up getting. But he didn't play the year before that either, Carlin. Now, I get it. The Houston Texans He didn't decided, get paid. Well, he got paid $10 million. The Houston Texans decided to put him out. But the NFL could have put him on the commissioner's exempt list. That's what it's there for. They chose not to do that. So, you're giving credit and kudos to the NFL in terms of how they handled it. And to me, they fumbled the bag. No, the I'm moment, saying at the beginning, the, they the didn't handle The moment the first well. several accusers came out, the NFL should have said, we're taking you off the field, and we're taking this decision out of the Houston Texans' hands. But they didn't, and as a result, you're talking about this thing dragging out for two years, but I don't know if that necessarily had to be the case. No, 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 no. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they handled this brilliantly. They didn't. And yeah. as I said at the beginning, it wasn't handled well from the beginning. Yeah. But in the end, when there was the opportunity to extend a punishment even further, at the very least, they did that. I'm not I'm not doling out credit to them. Yeah. I felt the whole time, as we had talked about on the show, that this needed to be a one-year suspension. I, I think it needed to be an entire year. But once it was clear that we weren't going to get there, at least they pushed it forward from eight games. Well, they could have suspended him in 2021. They didn't have to do it in 2022. They could have done it then. But that's beside the point. Now Deshaun Watson... Is joined the team. He's back practicing. He's been in the facility since October 10th. He hasn't been able to practice with the team. He's been throwing and doing practices on his own. I got to imagine there's some receivers that are sneaking into the indoor to catch some passes with Deshaun Watson, and it's not a quote-unquote official practice capacity. But the question now is what version of Deshaun Watson are we going to see once he's eligible to step foot back on the field? And what does that mean for the Cleveland Browns this year? but also moving forward into 2023. You know, I think the only comparison I can really think of is what was Michael Vick when he got back? You know, it, it, it was, took him a year. Yeah. But it, then he returned to being a Pro Bowl level player. Right. And so it's going to take a little bit of time here. And I think for 
for Watson, that's what the rest of this season is. But I think a key difference is Deshaun Watson is much younger than Michael Vick was when he's making Mm -hmm. his return to the NFL. Deshaun Watson is 27 years old. Do you expect Watson, by the end of this season, to be back playing at the level that he was prior to all of this? Well, I mean, that's hard to say, Carlin. The last time we saw him, he led the NFL in passing. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty damn good for this kid to be able to do that. for 5,000 yards. With the talent that was around him in the Houston Texans organization. So... I don't expect that it's going to look like that, but I don't think it's going to look like what we saw in the preseason either. I think he's going to be much better than that. I think Kevin Stefanski's done a, do a great, great job of being able to utilize him on the bootlegs and get him out on the perimeter, have run pass options, and if all else fails, he does have the athletic ability, the the mobility to use his legs to get him out of trouble. And I think that's what we'll see him lean on early on as he's starting to ease his way back into playing football competitively. I... I... Let's hear from Kevin Stefanski on the topic. Here he is uh, earlier on Deshaun Watson's return to practice. Obviously, as you guys know, Deshaun can practice today. Uh, He was able to be part of the walkthrough for the first time this morning. So I'm not going to get into the specifics of what reps he's getting, what Jacoby's getting, what Josh Dobbs is getting. Uh, We really don't do that for any of the guys. But it's going to be good to have him out there at practice uh, with his teammates. And here he is on why he trusts the plan to work. I think ultimately I don't know that there's a handbook. So for us, we're just, with the information available to us, try to make good decisions for the team. Uh, Again, Deshaun can come back to practice. That's the next step. So we'll get him out there and practice. But Jacoby's starting. You know, he's going to put everything he has into this game like he does each week. Uh, His preparation is not changing. My preparation with him is not changing. So um, it's just a matter of, finding the, the right amount, and that's something that we just have to work through. Here's what's interesting to me, Chris. Mm. You've got Buffalo, you've got Tampa uh, coming up in the next two weeks before you get, uh, well, ironically, the Houston Texans <laughs> for his first game. <laughs> uh, the horse is out of the barn, I think, already. Is it gone completely by the time he gets back? And then what does this all mean for Kevin Stefanski? Are, does Kevin Stefanski get a pass this year because of this situation and not having Deshaun Watson? Or is he still very much on the hot seat for what they have done this year? Kevin Stefanski's on the hot seat? I, I think there have been times that people have brought this up. Do you think he should be? No, I don't think he should be on the hot seat. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was coach of the year last year. I I, I don't see Kevin Stefanski being on the hot seat. I, I think that he's a coach of the year two years ago, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But my whole point is this. I mean, the situation that Cleveland forced on him with the Deshaun Watson controversy and making a deal to trade for him and guaranteeing him $230 million, knowing the accusations made against him. like that, That's a lot to be able to navigate a team through. And then, of course, saddling Stefanski with a backup quarterback, so to speak, for the majority of the season. I don't think you can grade Kevin Stefanski what kind of coach he is based on what's happening in 2022. You would just hope that Stefanski and Watson, the marriage that those two are in now, is going to yield the results that you're looking for in terms of being able to elevate your offense. Because right now, the Cleveland Browns, they, they've got a respectable offense being top 10 in points and top five in yards, but we can all admit Jacoby Brissett is a replacement level quarterback. And with a guy like Deshaun Watson, who many of talent evaluators coming into this year had as a top 10 quarterback, that will change things in terms of how competitive this Cleveland Browns offense and this team is. Look, there were, there were definitely places where I saw this being discussed and I know it's been discussed a little bit in Cleveland. I would not fire the guy. 
I, I don't think it's fair to fire the guy. I don't think it's fair to fire I, him. I don't, he's, a good, he's a good head coach. If you fired him, he'd have a job in the same coaching cycle. Yeah, and and listen, that that's fine. I, I look at it, though, with this situation with Watson now, and I'm curious as to how this will play out for the rest of the year and how this will play out into the offseason if he is capable at getting back to being that same level of quarterback that he was before. I believe he is. I think, here's the thing, Carlin. If Deshaun Watson comes back in that first game in December, I believe there's a chance that the Cleveland Browns will have an opportunity to make the postseason going into Week 18. I, I mean, that's a stretch. Right now, ESPN has a ESPN and FBI has a 4.5% chance of them making the playoffs, but they've got a, a 24th-ranked strength of schedule Remaining, if it is, if it is, it doesn't look wild, like it to me. But here's the thing, Carlin: the last wild card in the AFC belongs to the New England Patriots at five and four. I, I, I just don't think it's a stretch for them to be able to make up that ground. I don't. Buffalo at Buffalo, Tampa the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. At Houston, at Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. Yeah. We saw the other night Washington's not a walkover anymore. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns remaining opponents. They have three are, wins right now. The Cleveland Browns remaining opponents are 34, 40, and 1. But so so, they're, so essentially what they're saying is they have the 24th remaining strength of schedule. 24th rank. Do you think that's an easy stretch, what I just I don't described think, there? I don't think it's an easy stretch, but I also remember this team a couple of weeks ago beating the hell out of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that Deshaun Watson coming back not only makes that offense better, but makes that defense better. You, I, I can't find five wins in those last eight games. That, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, They're that's three what we're, and talking, six about. we're right talking about. We're talking about them being eight and nine. Eight yeah. and nine. Yeah. And, and to have a chance. Yeah. I can't find five, five wins in there. Okay. Houston, I, New Orleans. I, th- I think they can beat Buffalo this week. I think they can beat Buffalo. They are not going on the road and beating Buffalo. Okay. That is, there is. No shot they are going on the road. Okay. Buffalo. After what just happened? Okay. What what has you no, no, convinced no, no. that you, they you can? Said, you said it. Well, no, I want to know what has you convinced that they can. That's why I love the NFL because they've got to play the games. I love the NFL. I'm going to get an ugly text at 345 on Sunday. No, you're not up there. No, just, <laughs> saying, just put it out there. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Now, earlier in the show, we redrafted NFL players we would start our franchise with Canty took Justin Fields 11th. So is that too low, too high, or just right? Some of you have been hanging on. We're going to get to more of your calls on this topic in a moment. At 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Lots of you on the phones on this topic of Justin Fields and where he would stand when you are building a franchise. We had a little draft earlier in the show, and you are picking players that you would start a franchise with. And we got to 10 players, and then Canty picked Justin Fields at 11. Uh, there was maybe one player that more that I would have taken before I got to Fields, and that would have been Justin Jefferson. But other than that, I think it's pretty accurate. But we're getting your reaction on it right now on the lines that are open at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hank is in Daytona, Florida, up next. Hank, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, my, my question would be, where would he have been in your draft four weeks ago? I feel like you guys are jumping the gun on short-term performance uh, compared to what he's shown in his short career so far. But I am just curious, four weeks ago, where would he have been on this list? Would he have been top 25? Yeah. Uh, do you ignore defensive players? I heard Sauce Gardner went. I don't maybe Michael Parsons went. No, I had uh, uh, Michael Parsons went. J.J. Watt went. T.J. Watt. Watt went. Yeah, T.J. Watt, Michael Parsons, and Sauce Gardner all went in the top 10. Yeah, so we did not ignore so defensive would, players at all. Where would you put Fields? Where would you put Fields in early October? I don't know that he would have been top twenty-five, but you got to imagine this, though. I mean, not imagine, but think about this: Justin Fields has had twenty starts in his NFL career, so in effect, four games is twenty percent of his NFL career. Yeah, that's a sizable chunk. And so we're talking about him being an ascending player. Well, that's and the, the thing. Dom- and the dominant traits were on display the last month of football. Carlin, we talked about it. In the last four games, only two other quarterbacks have a higher QBR. That would be Tua and Pat Mahomes. So we're projecting what Justin Fields would be. And Carlin, we're also viewing it through the lens of what he thought he was coming out of Ohio State. And I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to think that Justin Fields isn't going to have another bump or two here along the way. Of course he is. That's going to happen. But all I know is when you watch him play closely, he is capable of making a lot of throws that not a lot of quarterbacks are. Yeah. Let's hit Pete in Columbus, Ohio next on Justin Fields. Pete, what's up? You're on ESPN Radio. What's up, you guys? I just love listening to the show on my way home from work every day. Hey, I'm a Buckeye fan and I'm a Bears fan. I'll be honest. With the track record of Ohio State quarterbacks, I've always been a little wary of NFL performance. But I got to say, Justin Fields, with, even with all the great players ahead of him, I would say he's top five just when you look at the upside. I mean, mm. we saw his throws in the pro days when he got drafted. I mean, there was a lot of projections he was going to get drafted by the Jets, and then they took Zach Wilson. If you put him with the Jets, I, I think if you ask the Jets right, right now, now that's, that's a major regret. So was Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 49ers or the Jets, he is falling out. I mean, this Bears team is no talent, and he is still putting the team on his back and putting it within three points every single game he's playing. 
minus a few of them. So I got to think he's top five just with the performance, regardless of the past month or the games before that. Dude is a baller. Thanks, guys. No problem. I, he's in the conversation. That's the point. Like, yeah. he's in the conversation for the top 10 to 12 players that you would draft to start a team with. And he's right. Like, Justin Fields with the ball in his hands, when he decides he's going to take off Carlin, this don't, dude don't look like a quarterback running the ball. It doesn't look like Lamar Jackson. He looks like a running back. He looks like David Montgomery. He looks like Khalil Herbert when he's running the football. Now, one thing we need to stop and stop it in its tracks. Dan brought it up the other day. Orlovsky, on the whole MVP thing. Justin Fields is not in the MVP discussion. No, I didn't say that. No, Dan brought it up. Yeah. Dan Orlovsky brought it up. But neither one of us have said that on this show. No, so, absolutely But, but what we are saying is this. He's more than just a runner. Go back and look at the Miami film. The throw that he made in the corner of the end zone to Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. I mean, that's dropping it down the chimney. I mean, the throw that he made to Cole Komet in the Dallas Cowboys game, back pylon throw, corner of the end zone. Dropping it in the chimney. I mean, Carlin, those are touch throws. That's not a guy gunning it in there. Now, he's got that too. But you're starting to see that he can throw a couple of different pitches depending on the circumstance. The guy can layer throws between the second and third levels of the defense. That's that's advanced quarterback stuff. That ain't one-on-one. That's master class. And you're starting to see that raw talent come out because he's building his confidence. And I think it started with Luke Getze building in more quarterback design runs on that Monday Night Football game against the Patriots. Ever since that moment, we're seeing Justin Fields ascend. And that's why I'm bullish on taking this guy as high as I did in the draft because I do think he has MVP potential down the line. When this guy fully develops and they use that $100 million in cap space this offseason that they have and all of the draft picks that they have, Look out for the Chicago Bears, man. Justin Fields, sooner rather than later, is going to be the face of the NFC North. Just to reset the draft from earlier, it went like this. Again, the premise is players that you would start your franchise with right now. It went Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, T.J. Watt, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, Sauce Gardner, Tyreek Hill, and then Justin Fields. And I got to tell you, feels about right. Feels about right. And you can say whatever you want about folks are going to bring up Tua, you're going to bring up other guys. There's, There's no discussion about those other guys. There's only one guy in my estimation that was a true other consideration and that's Justin Jefferson. Maybe Jalen Hurts is in that discussion. Maybe. But Canty, who has been one of the biggest Jalen Hurts fans out there, did not make the pick. Had the opportunity, did not make the pick. Took Fields first. Your reaction to that list? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Now, there is one other rule that you should have when you're starting an NFL franchise. We'll tell you what that rule is next. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Can I just, I don't mean to take a left turn. What's up? DJ Collin. Yeah. He is courtside at a Miami Heat game with a silk pillow under his J's so that he does not scrape them up. A silk pillow under his J's so that he does not scrape them up. Another one. I mean, what? Honestly, really? Really? A silk pillow? I don't understand. Well, first of all, he's just being frivolous for the sake of it, right? Yeah. That, that's what it is. He's he's begging for attention, which is kind of corny when you think about it. He's thirsty. Second, second thought is, you're DJ Khaled. Yeah. If your J's get scuffed, you can buy more J's. Buy another pair. That's the whole point. You heard Key a few weeks ago say, you got five wears in him and then you're out. <laughs> okay, cool. Exactly. And if you got it like that, that's why you don't worry about it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Even if you got the Bosky IJs, which go for like $10,000 a pair. I don't know why they're Jordans that cost that much, but I I I'm sorry. I it just it escapes me. And I and I listen, I like sneakers. I I I got a couple of you pairs like of J's. You like sneakers, but you're not a sneaker head. No, I wouldn't say I was a sneaker head. Yeah. I got a few pairs. Kimberly of... Martin is on a different level. She's, she's going to be head. on the show at, in what, 20 minutes? Yeah. She's going to come on the show in 20 we gotta minutes. We got to ask her opinion about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good call. You know what else I want her opinion on? Yeah. Taylor Heineke pulling a Kirk Cousins and wearing all the chains after the Monday night game. Yeah. After their win against the Eagles. And Taylor Heineke getting the Jays of the team that he just beat. Well, that's my, my point, though. Why don't you just stick with what you do, which is the Jays? Like, you're infringing on the Minnesota Vikings thing with wearing all of the chains, right? Yeah. It's kind of corny. Uh, it's not kind of corny. It's thoroughly corny. Yes. Yeah, it's just... It's... I don't know if you can say thoroughly corny. Well... Without being corny. Yeah, it's corny. It's corny. There it's, you go. It's corny. And Listen... You don't have to be thirsty. Yeah. You know, you're DJ Khaled. You know who's thirsty? Hmm. The Las Vegas Raiders for a win. Well. They're thirsty. That's very cool. Desert, desert thirsty. <laughs> I, I, you if look, somebody calls you desert thirsty, you in a bad way. I, uh, this morning, I'm looking at stuff with the Raiders. Yeah. Okay? And I know how much blame Josh McDaniels is getting. It's hard for me to blame him completely. Even though, I get it, hmm. they made the playoffs this past year. Okay. But, Chris, look at what it looks like right now when you look back at the drafts under Mike Mayock from 2019 to 2021. There are two or three players, one really good, but there are two or three players who are really, truly contributing on a high level. And that's it. I mean, his best pick was Max Crosby in the fourth-round pick. Uh, that was his best pick. Got Hunter Renfro later, uh, took Josh Jacobs. But I look at the other first-round picks, they're all gone for one reason or another. 
You made the trade of Khalil Mack to get these picks. I mean, there are guys that I've never heard of that are on this list of people that they have drafted. And so with that in mind, it's very difficult for me to blame everything on Josh McDaniels when you look at just how atrocious these drafts were over those three year over those three years. Yeah, those drafts were bad, but I mean a lot of those same guys, those same busts were around last year, and yet Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach, and Derek Carr were able to overcome it. Mm-hmm. So my question to you would be, what has changed dramatically about this roster from last year to this year? You added Devontae Adams. One would argue that you upgraded the talent base, even though you know Mike Mayock left the cupboard bare. Why is this team so bad? Why have you blown so many double-digit leads, Carlin? Why, why do you not have an identity on the offensive side of the ball when that's the specialty of your head coach? Why are you so bad situationally? They're 22nd on third downs on offense, 30th on third downs on defense, 22nd in red zone efficiency on offense, dead last in red zone efficiency on defense, and they're the 23rd-ranked team in terms of penalties. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league. Carlin, all of that thing, all of those things point to coaching. You just got out coached by Jeff Saturday, who two weeks ago was working with us. That's I, unacceptable. I, I can't deny any of that. But give me the guys on this defense that are really, really good players other than Max Crosby. Chandler Jones is a really good player. He ain't a really good player this year. Not not anymore. That's what I was year. about to say. Yeah, not this year. Yeah. I th- I, does he have a sack? He might have a half, half a sack. sack. Yeah. Um, you know, they traded away Yannick Ngakwe, to, and they got Rocky Asin. Is there anything about Rocky Asin that makes you think, uh, considering what their secondary has been this year? I mean, listen, Denzel Perriman was a Pro Bowl player a year ago, and he's still on the team. It's not great, but he's no. still there. Offensively. Who? Colton Miller? Foster Moreau? I mean, you got Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is a good football player. Well, here's the argument I would make out of this. Listen, you you got to hold on. Josh Jacobs is a good player. He's He's had a rejuvenation this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Chris, I mean, they were on the outs with him before the season started. I mean, listen, Darren Darren Waller coming into this season was one of the top three tight ends in the National Football League. Hunter Mm -hmm. Renfro was considered one of the best slot receivers in the National and they've Football both have been they've both been hurt. They're both hurt now. They yep. didn't start the season that way. Yep. And this team started the season, oh, I don't know, on a three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's not the excuse as to why they haven't been able to perform up to expectations. So, if I'm, if I'm asking you to break down percentage-wise why they are where they are, coaching versus talent on the roster, what is it? I'm going to say it's 70% coaching. Wow. Carlin. That's a big number. Carlin, six of their seven losses were in one possession games. Yeah. Six of the seven. Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to be on the right side of them with a veteran quarterback and receiver like Devontae Adams. You just have to. I, I think that they may have made the Devontae Adams trade too soon because they still need more talent and they don't have those picks now. Having a guy like Devontae Adams helps immensely. I'm not going to deny that. But it hasn't made a difference in terms of wins and losses this year. Yeah, they'll be all right after next year. They're going to have a top five pick, right? They've got that draft pick, so we'll see what happens. I, I just I look at it, and I, I have to credit or at least blame what the previous administration did in terms of acquiring But talent. what evidence do we have that Josh McDaniels is a good coach? We don't have it yet. None. You we don't have it the yet. Denver Broncos, 
Yep. We didn't see it there. He's with the Las Vegas Raiders through nine games. We don't see it here. What evidence can anybody point to and say to me, Josh McDaniel is a good head coach? Uh, none. But I have. So a why lot of, am I giving him the benefit of the doubt? I'm not asking you to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm asking you to acknowledge that Mike Mayock provided no evidence of being a good GM. No, he wasn't. But those same draft busts they had to navigate around last year, and they made the playoffs. Speaking of the first round mistakes, one GM made a mistake that could cost his team the ultimate prize. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Off our draft earlier of players that we would take to start the franchise with, 11th was the spot where Justin Fields went. So we want to know if that was fair or if that was way too early. At 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, our guy Buddha in the Bronx has been holding on. Buddha, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? How y'all been? Everything good? Outstanding. Outstanding. All right, listen. Listen, with that list, I mean, you know who I'm going to go with this guy, Daddy. Um, <laughs> first of all, you said Justin Jefferson. Well, you said Justin Jefferson. I mean, just imagine not picking Makai Becton and picking him, but I'll leave Ooh. that one to the side. Ooh. Joe Douglas <laughs> has done a great job. Joe Douglas has done a great job this last year with this draft. Love me some Sauce Gardner. Hello. But let's call it like it is. Zach Wilson stinks. And if he would have drafted Justin Fields over Zach Wilson, you can make a case that with the league being the way it is this year, they could have had a Super Bowl run. I, I can't argue with the way nope. you're saying. With the kind nope. of if you gave Justin Fields the weapons that Zach Wilson has, it'd be a whole other ball game. I can't. I cannot debate that. Oh man, Justin Fields yep. with his former receiver Garrett Wilson. Huh. Buddha, you remember I wanted to Fields ahead of him. You remember that? Yeah, I mean, listen, we all did. And, you know, I don't want to get rid of Joe Douglas. I mean, we, me and him, we've had our shaky moments. <laughs> I don't no, get rid but, of him. but at the same but, time, but, the overall picture right now is infinitely better than it was, and it's because of him. No, no, now, the whole point is. Absolutely. But the whole point is, uh, at the end of the year, Buddha, we could be sitting here debating whether or not they should go and get Jimmy Garoppolo in free agency. I don't even think it's a debate. I mean, the whole point, what would show me a lot with Joe Douglas, what would really show me a lot is what, what all of us as human beings struggle with, admitting when we made a mistake. Like, you can't keep going on with this here, man. They're trying to say he outplayed Josh Allen when he threw for 150 yards and was asked to do absolutely nothing. I mean, come on, man. Like, the excuses they make for this kid here, it's unbelievable, man. I've never seen this before. Well, here's why you see it, and it's not just Zach Wilson. You cannot, you cannot now attack your players publicly. Mm. 
It's very hard to do, and especially when it's a quarterback who is trying to find his way, you're never going to find the head coach going after the quarterback at all. Unless it's one of those games where he has completely blown the game and even then, a few weeks ago, he didn't do that when they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, but he said he was out of pocket for his commentary, though. Yeah. Which is the quarterback saying he gets bored of getting out of the pocket, not seeing anything, it's just and throwing dumb. it away. It's dumb. That's not something that you can say. You got 52 other guys you got to be accountable to as the head coach and as the quarterback. Sorry, guys, I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure Justin Fields is not going to step in any of those landmines. David in Atlanta next on ESPN Radio. David, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys, uh, big fan of the show. Uh, even though I'm here in Atlanta, I'm a big Broncos fan. So I know you guys bring up the idea of start a franchise with a guy like Sauce Gardner, but just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, another guy out in Denver of Pat Sertan, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys. I love both players. Yeah. I mean, if I mean you're, you're, you're splitting hairs when you're comparing two young corners like that because I think both of them are top five at the position. But Sauce is the bigger guy. Sauce leads the NFL in PBUs, and he's second in terms of passer rating allowed in his coverage. Patrick Sertan is on down the line. I think he's fourth or fifth. Is so, Sertan for 25? Yeah, Sertan is – Patrick Sertan is – hold, wait for it – 22 years old. 22? Yeah, 22 Holy years old. Crap. Sauce Gardner is 22 years old. Sauce I knew. Yeah. Holy Yeah, cow. so he's – yeah, Sertan is uh, 200 days older than Sauce Gardner. Wow. They're both tremendous players. They're both tremendous players. Yeah, they're how about, both phenomenal. How about Wraith in Pennsylvania? Wraith, what's up? You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I, I heard you talking about the Justin Fields, and I thought it was the perfect opportunity to kind of weigh in. Uh, I'm on the other fence of Justin Fields. I know there's a lot of hype on him, but I think he'll get you about 110 rushing yards. He'll probably pass for about 150, but your total offense is going to be around 250. And if you're a wide receiver – you're not touching the ball much. So I personally think Justin Fields isn't all that he's cracked up to be. And I would take a Zach Wilson, even though, uh, I mean, he's at least going to establish somewhat of a rhythm in your offense. Justin Fields is a great athlete, but I almost look at him, sorry to say, like a Lamar Jackson light. And I think Lamar Jackson's special, but I don't think Justin really uh, adds up to that. I'll hang up, but thanks for having me, guys. Well, the only question I have is why doesn't Justin add up to that? I'm, I'm curious as to why. I mean, I get it. Lamar Jackson took over halfway through the season, guided his team to the playoffs, and in his second year won MVP. It doesn't feel like that's the trajectory that Justin Fields is on, but Lamar Jackson went to a functional franchise. Justin Fields did not. I mean, he went to a team where their head coach was on the hot seat. They fired Matt Nagy. And now he's learning a new system, adapting to a new head coach. And, oh, by the way, they're stripping the team down around him. They traded away Robert Quinn. They traded away Roquan Smith. And all the while, this guy has the 11th best QBR on the season in the National Football League, Carlin. Uh, I'd point one other thing out. How many times this year do you think that uh, we've had Lamar Jackson throw for under 200 yards? Mm. Four times. Yeah. So don't get caught up in that. Yeah, It's about your impact on the game. But the other thing is, too, the number one rush offense in the NFL is the Chicago Bears. They've rushed the ball for over 2,000 yards in, what, nine games, Carl? Yeah. And this nine is, games. And this so is a team with no talent. They're averaging over 220 yards rushing a game. It ain't Justin Fields just doing all that rushing. No. They got Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery involved in that, too. So you're talking about your total yards offensively being well into the 300s. I, I know this is a crazy thought, but the Chicago Bears – even at this point, 
are actually trying to win games. I know that's nuts to grow. 